Leon Fear the Walking Dead. We are infect free. Anyone attempting to compromise perimeter of this camp will be detained. I like you. Take my wife and do surgery on her. No, not you. You said you wanted to help, but this... then get in the truck. We could use you in the hospital. No! No, Nick! Eliza, she did this. Dad, I think there's someone out there. There's no one out there. Hello, and welcome to an all-new episode of Talking Fear the Walking Dead. I am one of your hosts, Kente, all the way live from Los Angeles, California. And we had yet again another episode that premiered tonight, and we're going to get all deep, deep into it. But uh, before we do that, of course, I want to let everybody know, as always, we love participation. And the way that we like for you guys to participate is by coming to our website, and that is IndieRadio.org. Once again, that is IndyRadio.org. Uh, another way that you guys can participate is come to, uh, I mean, you can call in, and the call-in number is area code 323-522-4601. Once again, that number is 323-522-4601. And remember, when you guys call in, uh, please make sure that you have the radio on mute so we won't get any feedback. All right, so let me introduce my co-host. And uh, the first co-host that I'm going to uh, introduce is... Uh, Yardley, all the way from the ATL. I know that yet again he's beating his chest because his uh, Falcons are now three and zero. I must just start calling them my Falcons too. You know why not, right? I'll jump on the bandwagon. How you doing? How you doing, Yardley? Hey, I'm doing okay, man. What's up, man? I'm doing good, man. Uh, your team put in some work today. Yeah, they did. Um... Pretty much made the day go a little bit better, but um, you know it's NFL Sunday, um, Fear the Walking Dead Sunday, so for the most part, uh, it's been a solid day all around. All right. Okay. Uh, well, I am glad that uh, your Sunday went well, and uh, I'm interested to get your thoughts on tonight. Um, also joining us is, of course, Olaf Barbosa. How you doing, Olaf? I'm doing good. I, I had a good Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like added a, added some more toys to my arsenal, so <laughs> I, I had a good day. <laughs> Uh-oh. What'd you add? Uh, it's like a uh, 12-gauge tactical shotgun and another 9mm. Dang, man. Are you uh, waiting for the apocalypse or what? <laughs> you can just you can just never have too many toys. <laughs> you know, it'd be a damn shame if uh, they find you in your uh, house stabbed to death with all them damn, <laughs> with all them damn guns you got. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it'll be kind of a shitty way to go out there. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, I don't think that's going to happen unless they sneak up really, <laughs> unless they sneak up on me. <laughs> well, let, let's pray that. Uh, that doesn't happen now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, also joining us um, 
is uh, you know her from the Infectious Walking Dead and also the Infectious Geek Show, which premiered last Thursday with Olaf, is uh, Tori Rush. How you doing? I'm doing great. I had a good day, too. I had my kids today, and they were really good. Okay, your kids were good, huh? Yeah, they were in a good mood, thank God. Well, yeah, they got nothing not to be in a good mood about, right? <laughs> I don't know. They're two and four, so, you know, any little thing just sets them off. Mm. But they were actually pleasant and fun to be around today, so I had a good day. Well, that's good. I'm glad that you did. All right. Also joining us, we have two special guests uh, that's going to be on this episode because it's a big episode. It's the one right before the finale. And uh, first, making her first appearance on this show is Cher. How are you doing, Cher? I am superlative. How about you? I'm doing very good. And I'm so glad that you were able to join us because, you know, you... I've been a big fan of yours, and uh, we've done sh- other shows together, and I'm glad to get your thoughts on tonight. Well, show. thank you. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, I can't wait. This is going to be an exciting talk. I'm, I'm really psyched to be here. Thank you. Um, you know, just for those who, who haven't had a chance to, uh, to uh, um, hear you on one of the shows, can you just give us a little uh, breakdown on who you are and... And, uh, you know, what you what you do? Sure. Um, well, my name is Cher Davis, and I'm an actress uh, out here in Jacksonville, Florida. And I've been an actress for about three, three and a half years now. Um, I've done commercial work. I've done short films. I've done uh, feature films, teaser trailers. And yes, I also have been a zombie, so it's been really a fun ride so far. And I'm, you know, just doing my best to build up my career where I can. Um, and uh, that's, uh, well, that's me in superhero mode in my <laughs> in my everyday job. I am a graphic and web designer, so um, uh, that's uh, that's been a, a joy as well. I'm actually in the process of launching uh, officially launching my uh, my own website uh, to offer my web and graphic design services uh, and since I've, I've grown my network of folks that I know within the entertainment industry I'm hoping that you know I can help uh, fellow indie folks uh, promote their films their projects uh, and all sorts of things so well, I'm That's glad, basically me. I'm glad that you're here, and and at some point we're gonna have to have you talk about uh, how you actually uh, prepare as an actress uh, to play a zombie. So, oh we, yes, we gotta get into the ins and outs of how that goes down. <laughs> yes, indeed. All right. So also joining us, uh, you know her from Movie Time with Grayson. It is uh, Grayson Sonata. How you doing, Gray? Grayson. Okay, uh, I guess Grayson is having some technical difficulties. Uh, Grayson? Is everything... uh, Can you hear me now? Oh, there you go. There we are. Huh. It's like, wow, that that new headset is really kicking in. Well, that's good. (laughs) 
Well, I'm glad that you are here and joining us too tonight. Uh, you were you were going on and on about something in the skies. What was that? Oh yeah, there's like a, uh, there's like three things that are going on. It's a super moon along with an eclipse and then a blood moon. Oh wow! Yeah, all at the same time. Uh, oh, yeah. Thirty-seven years. It, it it'll be the next one. So I'll be way too old to enjoy it. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you. You yeah. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> Th- thank you. So will you, Kitty? <laughs> oh, I'll be there. I'm gonna be there, definitely. Yes, we'll all have to be there together. All right. All right. So let's get into this episode tonight. It's actually called Cobalt, and now you know it makes sense why. I don't know if you if people remember this, but when it was first announced uh, that. There was going to be a spinoff. The first name that was circulating was that the name of the show was going to be called Cobalt. And I don't know. Do you guys remember that? Yeah, that was the the working the working title was Cobalt. So yeah. Oh, interesting. And uh, okay. people wondered why you know why that was, but now it makes total sense why they were working with that name, uh, Cobalt. So. Uh, you know, uh, and I'm I'm glad that that uh, we were able to, to you know to get that, especially in this episode, because it was to the point where people pretty much had thought, you know, they they we thought that that was going to be the name of the show, you know, Cobalt. So <clears throat> so if, that's right. why if you look on some of our because uh, we, we try to be ahead of the curve. And if you look at some of our um, early, uh, you know, Facebook groups and stuff, we had talking cobalt because that was the name that was circulating. Circulating, and uh, I think our group is called Talking uh, has cobalt in the title, and we wasn't able to change it. So, uh. I guess, yeah, I, I guess we jumped the gun, but it, you know, it is what it is. So uh, that makes uh, a lot, a lot of sense. Now, I'm gonna first start off by this. Uh, and I'm I'm gonna shoot this to Olaf. Olaf, you have uh, you have two daughters, right? Yeah. I bet at some point you would have loved to have one of their boyfriends strapped to a chair with <laughs> <laughs> with a little toolkit. <laughs> oh boy. <clears throat> yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just took a wild guess. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like there's a, a sorry, I don't remember the name of the movie, but the, I, there's a line in the movie that I just would love to have used, you know, uh, and that line is, it's like when you meet the, uh, when the guy comes to pick her up for a date, and uh, you're sitting there talking to him for a minute, and my line would be, it's like, I got a 357 and a shovel, 357 and a shovel, and I don't think anybody would miss you. <laughs> wow! Cool. So, so as, as a I dad, like that one. Go, badass dad. <laughs> as, as a dad uh, who had two, uh, you know, who raised two daughters, uh, I I bet on some levels you had some enjoyment out of the scenes with uh, Salazar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, yep. <clears throat> it's like yeah, I can see that. And, uh, some of the stuff like he did, it's like, okay, yeah, I promise you I won't hurt him. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, let me just get out this little uh, barbershop kit with all these nice razors and stuff in it. Yep. <clears throat> now, 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 Yardley, how much how much of his uh, torture tactics was getting information and 
uh, and uh, how what percentage was you know what you were messing around with my daughter <laughs> mm. uh, no I don't know I'm not sure because uh, there there's some stuff that I, I didn't really catch so for me I thought that it was mostly him trying to find out where his wife was so I, I might have missed a part where he was really new about him and his daughter so I can't really speak on that no, no, I mean he he mentioned in the beginning of it that my daughter, my daughter really you know likes you and she told she told me to uh, go easy on, you, I mean not, to not harm harm you, but then he went to do the uh, I think he yeah. said he had a line like that's not going to happen or something like uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I might have missed that. I, I would probably say most of it was probably his wife, though, because his daughter's there around him. So I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure he's not as concerned about that situation as he is uh, his wife. Oh, okay. All right. Also uh, joining us is uh, Cindy. How you doing, Cindy? I am doing all right. Sorry, it took me a minute to get on here. <laughs> it's okay. So, so, so at this so, point. At this point, uh, uh oh, we got a uh, okay. We had an echo with Cindy, but we're good. Um, at this point, um, does this surprise you at all? Uh, we'll start off with you, Yardley, that he took those measures to try to get the information, or did you kind of see that coming with his character? Uh, I don't know if I saw it coming, mainly because he was kind of making a big deal about all the things that he had seen previously um, in his life. In past episodes, I think kind of the point that they were probably trying to get across was to kind of show you a hint that he was kind of turning into the thing that he was fearful about earlier on, you know, in the episodes, saying that he saw war and I've seen all of this stuff before. And then it turns out he's doing some of the same shit that he was probably against, you know, back in the day. So I think that they were trying to draw that contrast of, when the world kind of turns upside down, there's the potential for you to become the thing that you didn't like previously. Does anybody lose any respect for him on the panel uh, for what he did, or does the ends justify the means? Um, I'm kind of on the bubble with that one. It does lose a little bit of respect for me because it's kind of like the, okay, if you're going to turn into the monster that you're trying to stop against the monster, it's like, I understand that you are bitter, but because of the things that were done to you, but it's like, does that really justify you doing it to someone else? I understand that he wanted the information in regards to that, but there might have been other tactics that could be used. Hmm. Like the daughter? Yeah. I will say I was, um, I, it's not that I was surprised, I guess, um, I felt, uh, something from him when he was, uh, when he was de- one-on-one with the son, the Spanish son, mm-hmm. um, showing him how to shoot a gun, and I felt a, a sense of, um, like a carnal, you know, type of energy, coming off of him in waves just in that little intimate moment because it was almost like he was he was almost like the uh, the granddad that was more willing to show the grandson about weapons and stuff meanwhile the father <laughs> would, would was pretty you know hesitant for his son to be around violence and and he's not he, he's he himself is reluctant to be around violence too you know he stopped the the 
the wife from the new wife, wife number two, um, from killing the, the a zombie next door lady. Um, yeah. When when that during that situation, so I can tell that you know, as opposed to the father's character, the old guy was really like more brutal. I yeah, I could I, tell that he was way more brutal. Well, I liked his. I liked the little the little exchange they had. Travis come in. He said, "You know how I feel about guns." And Salazar was like, "On the it's like gun doesn't care how you feel." Right, love that line. Yes, yeah, you. It's like you can kind of see. Uh, there was for me. I you kind of see because of his, you know, earlier episodes and him talking about, you know, like uh, people got taken away in his village, and then he went to fish in the river, and they all showed up in the river. Mm. Uh, he said all of them came back. Uh, in other words, and they were all in the river around me. And, right. Um. And then later on in this, when they started, when they started, uh, when he started to interrogate uh, that guy, when he comes down with the bowl and everything and all this, all that stuff, this is not his. That's not his first time. It's like, and it's not his first time in the rodeo. He's done it before, right? Yeah, I saw that too. And then it's like, then later on, uh, it's like uh, he, it's like later on in there, he had the uh, when his daughter found out that he was. <laughs> broke his promise that he wasn't going to hurt him. Uh, he pretty much said that he was, you know, he's told her all the stuff about the war and what happened and the torture and stuff like that. But he said, I never told her what side of the blade I was on. Uh, so right, okay. there, right there right. says that he was the one that was doing that, interrogating people. Uh, when he was in the war, he was the one that was, he, he was the monster. Right. Inflicting, you know, finding out stuff, and uh, because he was just, like you said, he was explaining when he was, like, when he's telling him, he's like, you know, the first layer of skin doesn't have that many nerves and stuff in it. Now, when you get, it's like when you go to the second, go down to the deeper layers, you get more nerves and stuff, mm -hmm. and then he shows you have to have a very steady hand so that you don't cut too deep or something. You gotta have a very. You know, steady. and I was like, he was not a surgeon. I'm sorry, but that was not because he was a field surgeon. <laughs> oh no, no, he was a surgeon of a different sort, obviously. So yeah, pretty badass. He was, he was an information informational surgeon, is what he was. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what's so interesting about his character is how many people you think sat in his uh, barber chair chopped it up with him and had no idea what this man's background is and you know what he was capable of and then this moment happens when you know we're having the zombie apocalypse and then all those skills that he's probably suppressed for years that he never had to use now come back to the forefront right and, i'm like and how do you sit in you know the barber chair and not know all that and meanwhile this man had because he does the um he 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 would do the the straight razor the the young kid brought out the straight razor he he you could tell he does he did old school um shaves in his shop with you know with the sharpening on the leather and all that and i'm like wow and he could have given giving you a nice little cuban necktie right there <laughs> well, the one thing i will say about him if you went to him if, if him being a barber and if i went to him to get a shave I know I'm going to get a really close shave when he's doing it. <laughs> you get your money's worth, huh? Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, let me let me go to uh, you, Cindy. What do you think about um, 
our characters and the way that they seem to be reacting to the military uh, occupation, do you, it, it seems like, you know, they don't have a realistic view. Is it just because uh, they're, they're patriots, they believe the government is only going to do good? I mean, why do you, why do you think that they seem to be behaving the way that they are uh, with the military occupation? I think, I feel like there are some who completely understand what they're doing and don't want it, you know, don't agree with, you know, just hurting these people away and things like that. But then there's also those yay America patriots that are like, we have to do this. This is the only way we can save America, you know. And those are the ones that all night I wanted to be punched in the face. <laughs> Me too. I, I, I swear, I swear, I wanted Travis to punch that whoever, whatever the guy's name that is leading their area. But I, I was so just fingers crossed that he would punch him. But it never came. But I did like to see that there, there were a couple. Uh, you could see some of the emotions from. The soldiers, it like it finally taking a toll on them, and them finally realizing, you know, this is wrong, or we don't need to be doing this, you know, so harshly. Why are we taking these people's families? Why are we, you know, what is it? They started asking questions, and they started denying. So, partly, like at the beginning of the show, absolutely hated the military. By now. I hate certain military people, and I have respect for others. So, it's it's kind of a mix. But I I feel like, I mean, there's better ways that the government could have handled it. So I highly disagree with the way that they have been handling the situations, especially for like dragging people out, you know, putting them in those camps. And I get it's for safety, but why can't you just set up a small section of that camp and have that camp's, you know, people so you don't have a whole community freaking out, asking you what's going on, where their families, you know, all that. And then, you know, and, and I mean, at least then it would come out, you know, they wouldn't have people furious and asking questions and saying where's this family member where's this family member why'd you take this person it would have been so much better had they had a set up area inside their specific camp for their specific people so that those families could see what was going on although i do see a flaw in that and that would be if someone was to have to be put down like we saw tonight that could also cause riots from the, the community as well, though. So it could go either way, but I, I like that idea more than how they're handling it with just literally abducting these people and not telling anybody where they're taking them. What, what do you think about uh, Travis uh, not pulling the trigger? I was so mad because Travis has been my favorite from the beginning. And I was so pissed at him for not taking that shot. I wanted him to take that shot. So I'm not bad. surprised. I'm I, not surprised. I, I almost felt like for once that that was the chance for the show to 
get kind of a feel of The Walking Dead where Travis finally takes that shot and we might be like, oh, yay, we're finally getting a little realization to him and Rick Grimes, you know, because he seems to be the Rick Grimes type character, but he's a wimp. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you mentioned that, too. Um, they started calling him the mayor. Yeah, uh, which was so, uh, which was a, a fun uh, little throwback to the governor. Right. Um, and but it's this is this is the he is the antithesis of the governor though because the governor was very willing to be a leader and this guy really he has leadership qualities he's that are there. Though. You know, yeah. Except that he's he's really reluctant. Um, and when it comes down to it, I'm with you. He's not yet ready to make tough decisions like that, but I feel that would probably be, uh, during the further evolution of his character. Um, we're right in the beginning of things and his character is, um, definitely, uh, a, a type of character that can experience a change, a drastic change in his his way of doing things um, as the story progresses and, and grows. So I anticipate, I, I predict that he will definitely, start, I mean, we're going to start seeing some hardcore stuff from him probably season three, <laughs> just about, and we're going to be like, take a while. Yeah, and we're gonna be like, damn, and real, you know, remember how like timid he was in the beginning? Like now, oh, yeah. So what yeah, you, that's how I feel like his character is gonna develop. What do you guys think about the uh, Lieutenant Moyer's off-camera death? I, I hated that. You know, yeah, it's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Honestly, like well, he's not yeah. coming back. You don't know. You needed to see him. Need to see that that. <laughs> that kill. That yes, I got it. the feeling that they just left him. Oh, oh, you, you mean mm-hmm. like because because that's that squad leader had a problem with them making that run, right? And he was like, "What did he give him a surrender flag or something like that?" I don't mm-hmm. know what it was. He gave him something and like told him to toughen up or something like that. Yeah, and, he's uh, been hard. Right. On his- I feel like that squad was like. This is, we're in some, you know, this world's in some deep shit, mm-hmm. and this guy is insane. We're done. And yeah, I, I think, agree. Because they said they got run over, you know, or they got surrounded, you know, there's too many of them in there. I almost feel like either they Otis, the, the you know, whatever the guy's name is. Lieutenant Mor- It was Morris. Either Moyer. They either did the Otis thing or... They just ditched his ass. Yeah, I think they ditched him too. And I yep. think I think Travis was very concerned about that too. I think I think he kind of felt that too, as well, because he kept asking and asking, "Where's he at? Where's he at?" Because I think he did not trust that he was really gone. Yep. You think? Because I think, I, I think he was like, you know, if there's too many in there and he's still in there, why the hell are you out here? Exactly. You know? Do you think we're going to find out? I would like to. It'd, it'd be pretty badass if, you know, in a late, like, next season or something, if he right. shows up. Yeah, if he survived. Yeah, he had a, a governor feel to me. And, I mean, what if season two? Maybe he comes back. He's not really dead, you know? Maybe, but 
you know, they all came running out and then threw a hand grenade back in the door. So if he was anywhere near them at all, he got caught by part of that. He the grenade would have gotten, might have gotten him. Olaf, you know, have you ever have you ever had a hand grenade thrown at you? A few times. <laughs> oh my. Okay, well, I have two, and I mean. Of course, I it was a fake, but. <laughs> oh jeez. Okay. Well, that was a real one, and I I totally survived. Well, I, I did it when I played Call of Duty, so uh, it's, <laughs> oh, it's, it's no fun. It's no fun. Virtual grenades. I have it's a like, different oh, point of view when it comes down, though, to Travis. Okay. Uh, in regards to that, it's like a, a lot of people would say like it's cowardism. I would say that it's like it's just the nature of him being a pacifist in that sense, and that we're probably going to see him turn from the pacifist to an actual leader position come season two. But right now, he is still holding a pacifist position of must lives really be taken. Well, now he's seen exactly what these people have done and like what this world has come to um we're going to start seeing a sharp turn even before season two but i call him more of a pacifist not a coward mm -hmm. in that sense it's like of pulling the uh, like for example when pulling the trigger or dealing with this situation i would definitely call him a lot uh, it's like uh, obviously uh, yes we would all love to see him aggressive but I actually enjoy the fact that it's like, you know what, it's taking that evolution where it's like he's so non-aggressive and his wife is so much more aggressive where it's like, oh, yeah, well, are you going to, you know, it's like the, well, so did you get the information out of him? You do what you got to do kind of thing. It's like, didn't he watch The Walking Dead like ever? Well, you got to remember, yeah. no, you got to remember that they don't know what zombies are. Right. There's no zombies in this world, so... Yeah, yeah, they're still thinking it's a flu that they can cure. Right. Yeah. At this point. Okay, yeah. so, so uh, Yardley, um, due to the uh, the preview of this episode, people started um, online shipping uh, Alicia and uh, Chris, and because of, like, the, you know, the clip that they kind of showed in the, in the preview, uh, you know, what you saw in this episode, do you... Do you see uh, Alicia and Chris uh, hooking up, or do you think it's just that you know they're just getting closer? Um, well, it's probably a little bit of it's probably a little bit of both. I mean, they've got room, mm -hmm. or they've set it up in a manner to where they have room to go either direction. But I don't necessarily see um, with all of the things that are going on. I probably don't have a doubt in my mind that at some point that's probably the route that they're going to go. I mean, they're going to get closer, but there's a kiss or something coming down the road, no doubt. Great. They're going to turn this into Game of Thrones. Oh, God. <laughs> That'd be good if they can turn it into Game of Thrones. <laughs> and it, it's probably more realistic considering their age as well that something like that would probably uh, jump off at some point, but Mm. I mean, he hell he he had his chance in this episode. You know what I'm right? saying? Right? Yes. Like, hell, sure. I don't oh, mean, I you want to play house? <laughs> All right, my right. Exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> what, was, what, what was up with them destroying the 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 home? That just seems silly to me. Like I would use that as like a clubhouse, or you know, like why why wreck it? It's, it's them. It's their way of kind of venting. They're they're young and and they're pulling you know a lot of stuff. 
they're letting stuff out. It's kind of like a subconscious thing where they're yeah, kind of getting a lot of stuff out of it. I, yeah, out of their systems. So. I, I, I was honestly it, I, waiting for the actual owners to just walk in the door and be like, "What is going on?" <laughs> I, I can think of another way to get steam out uh, besides breaking up things. But uh, well, then some. I think some of it too is you know it's just they're letting off steam. But I think some of it too is uh, jealousy because you know she was putting on the the real expensive dresses and the you know expensive jewelry and it's like like this is the childhood we should have had type thing so uh, it might be a little little letting off steam and some of it just jealous it's like well we'll just bust the stuff up yeah all right so uh, the the brother that was uh, in this uh, episode um, his name is uh, strand and um, Nick uh, yeah, he's uh, he's in the uh, in the constant. Well, I won't say concentration camp, but uh, the yeah, uh, in the, the detention ten- center. Detention center with uh, with Nick. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm gonna go to you, uh, uh, Cher. What are, what's your thoughts on his character based on what you've seen? Yeah, he's um, definitely the the sly, slippery salesman, isn't he? <laughs> um, I mean, it's um, it, it's interesting to see. Uh, a black man play that smarmy salesman um, type of role. I really tried to reach back in recent memory of, you know, all the uh, favorite shows we know with love and um, usually see someone uh, of the Caucasian persuasion in a role like that. And as a black actress, it's, you know, always interesting for me to see folks of color in um, you know, different, uh, you know, different uh, character types uh, that maybe have not been traditionally explored. So um, it's, as a matter of fact, uh, it's uh, that that also applies, uh, in my opinion, to Travis as well, um, because there's really um, not many roles that I've seen Latino Americans portrayed as pacifists quite honestly most any uh you know production that my my mind calls up usually sees um latin americans as um you know aggressive or you know that sort of thing so uh when it comes to strand um i just i just find it quite interesting he's he He's like so super scaly when when he was sitting there just with his leg crossed, like telling Nick, well, you know, when I when I make my move, I'm going to need somebody your talents to help me out. And I'm like, he's just he's just that super, super cool and super confident. It's like he's the dude you love to hate. But you're like. Okay, go ahead, brother, because you got your own plan. You got your own agenda to get your ass out of there, and I'm very interested to see how he does it. Now, let me let me ask you a question, Yardley. Um, if you were going to plan a breakout, uh, what? How would a heroin addict help you? Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> it seems to me though that they're they're setting him up to be somebody who's going to have to get dealt with down the stretch, and what's going to end up happening is. This brother's going to start getting interesting. And since Travis has been a, a pretty uh, reserved 
this whole season, the one person he's going to end up killing first is going to be his black ass. Watch. <laughs> I, I, guarantee, I guarantee that it goes down like that because Nick oh, is man. now with him. Nick is going to get attached to him in some type of a way. And then it's going to come a point where he's going to try to, you know, rescue Nick or get Nick back. And that brother's going to be the one who's in the way. And I guarantee you that's going to be the one that Travis kills. Mm. Just watch. That's my prediction. It's it's quite interesting that he, I mean, he was able to give Nick a rundown on how he knew that he was a heroin addict and all this. And I'm like, okay, my dude, um, it's not like you passed out a questionnaire and asked, what everybody's deal was coming into that detention center. So how in the hell did you even figure all that out? Unless he might have even been a dealer on the outside. Um, I, I find myself speculating on what his uh, what what he did for a living on the outside before you know everything went to all get out and shit. Um, I'm mm-hmm. thinking, you know, if he wasn't a salesman, an actual salesman then I wonder if he was, you know, somebody that (laughs) dealt with an import-export business, if you know what I mean, you know? I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, He's definitely a smooth operator. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, they're they're definitely setting that guy up, though, to eventually be something. If he turns out to be some type of a... um, uh, How do I... Somebody had mentioned kind of like a governor as character they might be setting him up to be like an antagonist down the stretch or something but um i I don't know i don't know what to i don't know what to make out of him uh trying to take uh nick under his wing except to probably like use him in a way that might not be good for uh that might not be good for nick but on the other hand maybe you know maybe he sees something in nick uh, you know, something in Nick that potentially down the stretch could help him, but he's still dealing with, um, you know, being an addict and, you know, withdrawals and all that stuff. So I think, I think that's kind of a, a risky move, but you know, well, we never know. I mean, maybe the guy seems like he's smart, you know, and he seems to have a plan that was, as was mentioned. So I'm like, I don't know if you're yeah. trying to use a heroin addict though, as a body shield. Mm, I don't know. You could have picked yeah. a less skinny kid. And, <laughs> he also, yeah, absolutely. He also <laughs> mentioned that, you know, a lot of the elites and people like that are going to end up being victims with what's going to go down, but there's nothing that they can do between this episode and the next episode for us to really get a good idea of what the guy, you know, of what the guy could potentially become. So I think that that's probably, a season two uh, storyline that they're going to continue, but the character um, in itself, I'm, you know, I'm kind of interested in seeing what, what's going to become of that. So Did, know, we'll does anybody remember what the day count is at where we're at right now? Uh, Post uh, apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Are we like 10 no. or 11? Shoot. No. About 10 or 11. No. Well, at least probably what? 10 to 15 days. Probably. Well, is there going to be enough? It was, it was nine days when the nurse showed up from the uh, army nurse showed up. It was like nine yeah. days. It was nine days. That was the last episode. It was right. nine, nine days from the point of where the first two episodes were. So I guess the first right. two episodes covered, I don't know, what, a couple of days, two or three days maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, we're probably, 
yeah, yeah. We're probably about at least two weeks or so in, uh, and I don't, and I don't think that there can be any type of a time jump for the next episode. So, I don't know. Are we to assume that we're about? Yeah. yeah Maybe this season will be about like a month away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the reason why I ask is like, I'm like, how uh, how much could uh, how much could have um, uh, Ophelia fallen for? Oh boy, I'm like, damn, it just happened. So you know, it's like she's yeah. all crying over this dude. I'm like, that's true. Yeah, that's a good point, though. Like, <laughs> she like well, she- in sixteen year old world, you know that it's like they fall hard, and that everything has got to be that much more dramatic. No, especially if like adult. you know, you know, not having him around. But no, Ophelia is a Ophelia's adult. grown. Yeah, she's in there. Yeah. In her 20s. Even at 18, even at 18, it's like a, you know, it's that whole entire, it's like that love angst thing. No, no, uh, really it seems like she's like 30. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but she's yeah, only think, 18. No, no, she's, no, she's, I think she's playing a, uh, in her 20s. Yeah, she's, yeah. No, she, remember, she's, uh, it's the senior year of high school. No, no, that's Alicia. Well, you're talking about Alicia. Alicia. We're that's talking Alicia, about Ophelia. Oh yeah, Ophelia uh, and Ophelia. Yeah, she's in her twenties, and it's like she's real. Uh, you know, she's like really manipulative. So it's like it kind of makes me sit there and say, uh, she's manipulated before. Well, yeah, and I feel like, well, with that, I feel like she she was manipulative on behalf of her dad. After all, you know, her father was saying that she brought. Uh, she brought the officer to him and so I feel like I mean I feel like she got pimped out a little bit actually and you know she wants to do uh, what her father says she's worried about her mom as well and she kind of like you know just went along with it just to please her father but then unfortunately she got sprung (laughs) and then so you know there's, there's that danger of being a a uh, undercover agent of sorts, so it kind of bitter in the behind. Unfortunately, she started to you know seeing so much death around them, you know, and then having to you know witness this guy getting tortured that you know she actually started having feelings for, kind of traumatic. So yeah, unfortunately, that just kind of backfired on her. His name is Andrew. So you think it was from the beginning? That that daddy said go and get close to that guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think so. Yeah, because I mean the way that her father uh, has you know he's shown us his um, you know his darkness his you know um, it's a darkness that he's willing to go through and 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 willing to um, display for the sake of you know the sanctity of his family. Um, and quite honestly, I don't know what I would do. I know that I would fight to the bitter end for my husband or my family or whoever it was. And by any means necessary, you know, if I needed to get information about where they were holding my husband, oh yeah. So here's the deal, daughter. You need <laughs> to what? go ahead use one of these guys because they're amped. They're, you know, um, you know, they're they've got to be alert. They've been awake for more than forty, you know, forty-eight hours. You know what I mean? So instead of trying to use brute force outright, 
which would probably, you know, get you set up in a firing squad faster than you could say boo. Um, why don't we try a subtle approach? And then if we can corner one of them and get information out of them later, then okay then. And plus he's had, you know, obviously he's had experience doing that part. So, mm. yeah. I don't know, man. If I would, you know, have my daughter out there like that, I'd have got someone else's daughter. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was pretty tactical, no doubt. Um, but I, you know, because he's a father, if he was going to risk anybody's daughter, I do feel like he wouldn't risk anybody else's children. I would have. <laughs> I'd have been, yeah. I'd have been, I'd have went to uh, Travis and be like, yeah, you should get one of your daughters to uh, cozy up to. <laughs> you know, because as, as hardcore as he is, you would think. Um, but he. You know, it feels like to me that's that fine line of someone that's seen mm -hmm. a lot of things and um, that has, uh, you know, explored that dark part of their own psyche. Um, that is a fine line, to be sure. Um, but he still seems like, you know, the doting father that he is. He he would never, you know, just ask someone outright to risk their child just so. If he wasn't willing to to risk his own family, mm, okay, I I guess. I guess. So of course, Travis could have sent in just he could have like sent his ex wife in there. That's true. She's a looker, man. She's not bad looking. <laughs> mm, I like, and I she's like hard. It's like you know she could have kind of cozied up to one of them for medical supplies or whatever you know because she's a nurse or not a nurse or whatever she is. But remember, she left though, so. Yeah. 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 Oh boy, then Ophelia was uh, a little bit <laughs> you could tell that she got a little bit of her own uh um her own direct qualities from her dad a little bit because it's like she's flirting with the officer guy but then she's like, "So, do you have the medicine?" And she brings it like right back to business. You know what I mean? It's it's mm -hmm. quite interesting. Quite interesting with you, her. You know, y'all women like y'all do that. Y'all use y'all <laughs> use your little powers on other stupid guys, and we fall <laughs> for it. So, you know, y'all probably I know you've gotten out of tickets and you know moved up to the front of the line using that little woman thing. Man, I tried that show my boobs thing. That did not work. No. <laughs> it was the wrong guy. <laughs> Believe me, that that works more times than once. I had to pay that freaking ticket. I don't know what happened, but you know, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> He's like, uh, "Nice boobs. Here's your ticket." Face. <laughs> Probably. You know what it was? I forgot to hide my wedding ring. Oh, yep. he saw that wedding ring. He was like, "Yeah, Ew. forgot about that." Yeah. Oops. Although sometimes that can that can attract uh, better than flypaper sometimes, but not this guy. Uh, he was like, oh, I saw that ring. You ain't pulling one on me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's funny. All right, so um, all right, so what happens now? I mean, uh, they know what the plan is, uh, what Cobalt is, and they understand that they're in some danger. So now this is the point where Travis is going to have to you know, step, it, step, step up. it up, step up. So we're going into the finale. So does Travis step up? Does he, you know, when he has them in the, in their sights, does he pull the trigger now? Or do you think we're going to still, you know, he's still going to be kind of, you know, uh, 
you know, uh, pass, um, pacifist mode. Not if the kids are threatened. Mm-hmm. If the kids are threatened, no, he's pulling the trigger. Absolutely. Not sure um, if, actually, I'm not sure if he would pull the trigger um, with with his wife um, and being threatened. She she can pretty much take care of herself. He might not get yeah. a chance, actually. But, um, yeah, if any of his loved ones are, are threatened, I think he will, uh, most definitely. Uh, Yarley, what do you think about uh, about um, when they're not married, uh, Madison? Because it seems like you know Madison, you know she does her own thing, and uh, there's been so many times where Travis is like, "You did what?" You know, like <laughs> you know. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, uh, do you agree with Madison going off the reservation, or or do you wish that she was more of a, the doting wife and just did <laughs> did what he told her, or doted, I'm sorry, doting a girlfriend? Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't mind um, the way that she's be- being portrayed on the show. I think that is cool, but mm-hmm. they're also showing in the show that she's a woman that also wants her man to take charge in some situations as well. Because she, she gives him the rope to be able to, you know, to handle his business. I think she understands. I mean, she understands the guy who she's with, and I think that she's shown that she's, you know at least, you know, competent in trying to take care of herself. But at the same time, uh, she kind of wants him to step up, you know, as well. So, you know, I, I kind of, I kind of enjoy her being a complex character. I think I can see as a viewer, um, that I'm not going to say that she's like, you know, demanding that, you know, the guy that she's with just be this overboard, you know, tough guy or whatever. But I like the way that she portrayed where we know that, Okay, if something happens to him, she should be able to take care of herself. You know, she can take care of herself. I like that about it. But I also like the fact that sometimes she gives her man an opportunity to be a man. Now, he might not take that opportunity all the time, but um, she definitely, you know, she definitely um, wants to share in the responsibility. And I think that's one of the things that we've seen through the episode. She just kind of wants both parties to, you know, to kind of share um, and responsibility for the whole situation. So um, it's gone from me wanting to like Travis's character a lot to, you know, I've, I've, I'm totally on board um, with her. I think that she's probably, um, since I've been watching the show, I kind of think that she's probably the, the more well-rounded character out of all of them. I wanted to like Daniel Salazar a lot, but he's kind of, you know, I'm kind of on the fence with him now. Really? So I, I, I kind of like the way that they're playing Madison, you know, the Madison angle up. And I, I think that she's, I think she's capable of making people around her um, probably better. I could totally see her probably stepping to the forefront and being the person that everybody would, um, would root for. As long as the viewers stay, <laughs> if, the viewers, mm. if the viewers stay with the show, because we're going to get the ratings tomorrow as well. And that's yeah. one of the things that I've noticed um, when people were watching the show and talking about all these characters, including including Madison. Um, she's definitely someone she's either someone that people are saying either they people really don't like her or some people are kind of like giving her a chance because they're, they're starting to kind of see that they're setting her up to probably be a more well-rounded person. So I'm just, I'm curious, man. I I think that she'll probably end up being the one carrying the show until 
um, they do the drastic turnaround with Travis's character. Because, you know, every time they make a character like that, you can see it. A person like Travis, who's kind of uh, laid back, doesn't want to do things. The only place for them to take him is in the total opposite direction. Same thing right. what they did with Carol. You know, oh, she's abused, blah, blah, blah. And then they right. go to the ultimate extreme with her. And that's what they're going to do with Travis. So even though it's predictable, I think that Madison is a great character. But I think it's going to be predictable that Travis is going to do a 360. Uh, she's somebody who was trying to push him to the forefront, but she's going to end up having to take the reins. You know, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I kind of, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just, I mean, th- this show, man, it's just, it's M just for, a trip. M yeah. for Madam Mayor, right? I'm yeah. Telling you. And, <laughs> but, you know, yeah. and that's interesting, your statement about um, the ratings coming out tomorrow. What's the, uh, what's the, um, the best source um, for when the, as soon as the ratings come out, is that like through variety or something? TV, or? By, TV by the numbers. Cindy. Uh, uh, Cindy, oh, Brooke Sullivan, Cindy Brooke Sullivan is where I get my information yeah. from. It's, uh, <laughs> it's TV by the numbers. They've, they've been losing about 2 million a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been, it's been bad to the point where I actually just saw an article today that AMC has actually hinted at actually canceling season two. Ah, crap. I don't. I don't think that's gonna happen. Uh, but I don't think it will because I think the. I think this next episode is finally gonna get people to be like, "Shit, I should have been watching this the whole time." Yeah, you know, I feel yeah, like they set up. You know, yeah, they got too much. In they set up next week's episode for even better too. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah I'm, it's I'm, like I'm before they pull the trigger on it, they better kind of after after the finale next week. In other words, what they better do is kind of watch for you know for a little bit watch like netflix or wherever it's or the uh amc site see who's actually going back and like watching it again yeah you know like for no after after the finale like i said if that's if next week is the hook that really gets you and gets everybody involved in the show then before they talk about canceling it they need to watch and see what the uh re-watching is of it because you get people hooked on it, they'll start talking to other people and they go, well, I watched the first three episodes and or the first two episodes and didn't watch anymore. And then they go back and watch uh, all the other three they didn't see. So, But here's the problem, though, uh, with it, though, <laughs> is that <laughs> it's not a show like... All right, let's, let's use Breaking Bad, for example, or whatever, right? Um, mm-hmm. The... You're not going into a show like Breaking Bad already knowing what the result's going to be down the stretch. You know what I mean? Everybody already knows that no matter what happens in this show, we already know where everything's going to end up. So there's no, you know, you can't project out and say, you know, hey, you know, I want to find out what's going to happen later. You know, I'm going to stick with this because I want to find out what happened. We already know what happened. You know what I'm saying? So that's going to sap some motivation. Um, for you know, for people to the people who have bailed, um, that's going to sap some of some of their motivation. Also, but on the other hand, it's only six episodes, so people could go possibly you know say you know what it's only a few more episodes. Let me go back and watch it. But I think what's going to be telling is when it comes back. You know, when it comes back, what are the numbers going to be for the premiere? If that show comes back and let's just say um, it, it had ten million viewers in its pilot. If it comes back next summer or next uh, next fall or whatever, and let's just say 
7 million people tune into the premiere or 6 million, then it's going to get kind of shaky. But I don't think AMC is never going to, um, they're never going to be like, oh, we failed and we're going to just cut the show. I, I don't think that they'll do that. You agree, Kim? Right. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. It, it would have to be so, the ratings would have to be so low. And it's, I don't think the ratings will never be low because it says it's such a high mark that because people don't people don't realize is uh, a, a show that gets two million viewers on basic cable is a big show so right, exactly so yep. they're probably never going to go lower than five million or uh or very maybe four or something like that and that's still way ahead if you look at the ratings for most shows they're, they're not even coming close to that number Yep, two. So, you're right. It's like you know between, but probably between two and probably three and a half is, is considered, um, is considered pretty good. I had predicted that this show's probably going to average around. It's probably going to average around six, and and I think that I think it's going to average around six. I, I I would be stunned though, to be honest with you, if it goes past next season though. I think that they wrap this up next season. I, I don't see this show going three and four seasons. I just don't see it. I don't see how they can. I don't see how they can. You know, to, yeah. uh, there's just not enough. You know, I mean, uh, Me. going well. You know, we already have The Walking Dead, and they're when getting ready to start six, uh, season six, and they're just bringing this out. You know, between five and six. You already know, like you say, like uh, you already know where it's going to go. So there's only so far that they can do the fear, you know, fear of the Walking Dead. There's only so far you can go in that storyline before you are uh, mimicking the Walking Dead. So, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I hope they don't do. You know how there's about ten different iterations of CSI. So I feel like. The the thing that the thing that's uh, going to sustain Fear of the Walking Dead is two things. Mainly, I think it was smart of them to start it before they totally closed out um, the Walking Dead. I think that was a smart move um, because then you know you can get folks you know folks that know that the Walking Dead is definitely like closing out definitively soon can you know they can reactivate excitement about you know the whole zombie apocalypse thing if they have a new thing to latch on to as you had mentioned and then the other thing you have to think about also is you don't necessarily know what's going on in the rest of the country when it comes to the walking dead the walking dead dealt basically with what you could definitely see was, you know, the southern states. Um, you know, they mapped out the geography pretty much. Um, you know, not really higher than the Carolinas. And, you know, we don't know really what, what, what other factions across the U.S., how they were dealing with it. It's quite possible, just like um, in I Am Legend, where... There really was like a safe haven, you know, that the 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 government was able to re you know to reconnoiter and um, you know regroup mm -hmm. and you know there was a cure and that finally came through and all that. Now the CDC was shot all the shit, um, you know, in 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 Atlanta in the headquarters, but in The Walking Dead, but 
you since now we're in a totally different area now with the fear of the walking dead um i'd be very interested to see what um you know how how their how how their response the response um will be um in 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 response to uh, their you know what's happening in their part of the country and and the thing that got me was when uh the older gentleman visited that arena that the that the officer was talking about mm-hmm. and i like i halfway expected him to whip out like a a, a pair of, of 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 clippers to like <laughs> clip the locks off the doors. I don't know if anyone else felt that way, but I felt like he was just, it was almost like he had the chance standing there to like really retaliate against the world because, you know, his wife got carted away and taken away by the, the government and whatnot. I would not be surprised if next week's episode reveals that maybe he had something to do um, with what clearly is going to be you know a bit more of a, an outbreak situation um in and around the detention area you know what i mean okay i'm gonna i'm gonna give you some numbers to let you see why fear the walking dead is uh probably not going anywhere um just looking at the numbers they they're they're averaging about seven about seven million a week if you on average and they, they, it was ten, eight, seven, six, right? Okay, it, it has steadily gone down, right? Ten to eight, eight to seven, seven to six. So that's about seven, right? Seven, okay. That's about seven million on average. Okay, that's the number one. Uh, that's the number one cable uh, show for for the summer, right? Uh, is Fear the Walking Dead by far number pretty two, much number two is Mr. Robot, which is getting all these accolades for how well it did. It is that's two point eight million. Really? So that's yeah. the big. Di- you you see what I mean? So Ooh. even though they're losing numbers, they're so way up. You know, uh, and that was their biggest one. Mister Robot's uh, biggest one was the finale, and that was only two point eight million uh, viewers. See, look, Mister Robot, uh, Mister Robot's premiere was one point seven five, and that's a hit. That's considered a hit. Interesting. And wow. they never got, uh, besides the finale, they never got, because uh, they went down just a little bit. The highest they they peaked at, other than the premiere and the finale, was 1.6 million. Mm-hmm. So wow. Fear, the, Fear the Walking Dead is not going to go anywhere anytime soon because their mark is so high that I, you know, for it to, for it to be uh, a failure it would probably have to be under 2 million viewers. And I just don't think that's going to happen. There's enough, at least not anytime soon. So, uh, you know, so you, so you can imagine at seven minutes, because remember the first walking dead, uh, I believe it broke records. Each season breaks records, right? Um, I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring it up. The first walking dead series, uh, the premiere season, um, it got five point three five million. Was the, okay. the pilot, which was outstanding. It was like you know, outside of a TNT show. TNT shows get a very high rating because it's in a lot of places. Um, I mean, it's in you know that and ESPN is in probably the most homes. Um, and Ooh. 
so it the first season of The Walking Dead averaged about four four point five million. Right? Okay. Wow. And the finale was five point nine. That's like crazy numbers, you know. And that, you know that's a bona fide hit. Then the second season premiered at seven million. Then the third season premiered at ten million, almost eleven million. The fourth season premiered at sixteen million, and last season premiered at seventeen million. So you, as you can see, Ooh. it you know what I'm saying the numbers are so crazy high that for even The Walking Dead to not be a hit, it would have to lose like damn near fifteen million, <laughs> you know, viewers. Right? Yeah, like wow. they'd have to they'd have to go below the one million mark to be, by, for, by for it to be a fail. Yeah, I mean it makes. It makes money, you know. That's why it kind of disappointing, and I'm gonna call AMC out because it makes so much money for the network that you know. And then, and then AMC with the Talking Dead is the second highest rated show on the network. Oh and, man! And, and Talking Talking Dead gets like and Talking Dead is a is a dream come true for the network because. You know, they don't spend nothing on that show. Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> they they nope. spend nothing, and it gets like 6 million viewers, which is unheard of for, you know, you know for what it is. So the the Talking Dead, I, if I had... Let me see if I can pull that up. I mean, the Do numbers, they broadcast that um, in podcast style uh, no, simultaneously? No, no. It, um, it like audio-only mediums no, at all? No, um, no, no. It comes on right after. Because uh, I know on. that it comes right, right, it comes on right after, and it's visual format. But like, do they? Because <laughs> let me just say, I'm surprised they haven't contacted you guys yet. Uh, they need, you know what? I, I will be happy to help broker that deal in every, in any way that I possibly can. <laughs> because I feel like, just like um, uh, it was discussed briefly. Um, on your your other show uh, for uh, talking hell on wheels, um, I feel like you guys are, you know, really bringing a a a a, new, a high level of, of value to discussion forums like this Thank that you. are centered around the show. Thank you, I appreciate that. Yeah, the, the, the last yeah, the, the the uh, season. <laughs> Season, oh, now you're making me blush. Here you go. Season, <laughs> season four of Talking Dead, which covered season five of The Walking Dead, the final episode that year of Talking Dead got 7.53 million <laughs> That's serious? ridiculous. And just think, the budget for each episode of The Walking Dead, you know, I, I you know, it's quite a bit. I don't know what the number is. What do you think the budget of a Talking Dead episode is? Jeez. <laughs> you know nothing like just pay Chris Hardwick and and a little bit of money for whoever the guest is, and they're gonna make uh you know they make a sh- shitload of money. So right, uh, it's like yeah, talking talking. Uh, it's like talking dead is like you know a couple of pizzas and some sodas and <laughs> that's right. about it. They love yeah. that show. I'm shocked they haven't done a, a fear of the walk talking fear of the walking dead because it's such a money maker for the network. They have announced that the finale of the Fear the Walking Dead, um, they will have the Talking Dead afterwards. Yeah. Well, they, they did that with nice. the premiere. They did that with the premiere. They had the they had a show. They had a the Talking Dead came on after the premiere of Fear the Walking Dead. I think it was the week yeah. before. because Chris Hardwick said, if you want a Fear the you know the Walking Dead 
Talking Dead. I don't know. Whatever they nice. want. To call it. It, it, but it. Um, he said to, to tweet it to make it known. And it sounds like people did because I did see a thing saying that after the finale of Fear the Walking Dead. It's either before or after. I feel like it's after. Um, and it'll be kind of like, it'll break down the episode, but they also did say, I think, somewhere in the article that it would also kind of be like the one for the premiere episode where they show some sneak peeks to uh, season six. Sweet. Well, well, nice. Well, I, I'll say this. Um, I, you know, I don't know if you guys know uh, FX. They have they had a show called Sons of Anarchy. And uh, I loved what they did with that show the last couple of seasons because, uh, like, they had, like, each episode was, like, two hours. You know, like, I'm just, I'm talking about a regular episode of the show was two hours, and they were really good, you know, really good stuff. And, uh, you know, I liked what they were able to do with the time and all that. It was an expensive show, too, to make. Um, Mm. And they did, you know, it was really good. And, uh, but... I think the way they get out of doing the extended episodes is they have this money maker called uh, Talking, uh, you know, uh, Dead, and you know, so then they just they get what they don't get in extra show. They can just do it in the Talking Dead, and they can make they make a fortune. So it's it, it's something else, you know. I hear that that money machine is something else. So uh, you know, and kudos to them, and uh, also too, uh, Better Call Saul was a big hit. For them as well, it it, yeah. it, it, did, it did uh really good uh numbers as well. So, which was uh let's see, I think it averaged it averaged uh, about three million, which is which that's is pretty good. decent. Yeah, that is decent. You know, wow. yeah, it averaged about three million viewers, which is uh is pretty high because you know the uh um Breaking Bad people don't know this and uh, Yardley definitely because we've mentioned it before. Breaking Bad only really got ratings the final season. There, you know, it was, I think it was almost canceled like two or three times. Are yep. you serious? Yeah, oh, first, I didn't know that. Yeah. The, the, yeah, Breaking Bad, I, I think Breaking Bad's first two seasons, this season for now, was like a million people, uh, a couple million. It almost got canceled the first two seasons. And, it, and, and even with that, the ratings that it was averaging throughout its tenure, still weren't huge i mean it was averaging like i don't know maybe like a couple couple million the season finale i mean the series finale i think Mm. had Mm -hmm. 10 million viewers which was pretty you know which was which was was pretty good considering that the ratings just weren't that good i mean throughout the the tenure so i you know it's very surprising how that's how that stuff works but yeah breaking bad i mean hell even when i was watching breaking bad uh, the first couple of seasons, I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, this show's alright, you know. But then when Gus showed up, you know, Giancarlo right? Espinito showed up, then it it kind of stepped it up a little bit. But um, you you just really never know. And but I will say this, you know, I think we all know this. Mm-hmm. Ratings doesn't mean it doesn't mean that a show is awesome. That's true. It just I mean, means a lot. Of, it just right. means a lot of people watch it. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, The Walking Dead gets a lot of ratings, but they yeah. be getting nominated for like. The best wood scene, yeah. you know what I mean? Like in the dirt, and then they don't a even. A lot of people you know watch Jersey so, Shore too, you know. Yeah, like. I mean, <laughs> if The Walking Dead was an album, it goes wood. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But <laughs> it gets people to watch. You know what I mean? So they got a lot of rope. So that that's really my wish for The Walking Dead. I just wish The Walking Dead was just a you know was just a better written 
show. I mean, because it's got its moments, you know what I'm saying? But for me, I think when you have that type of viewership, you owe it to all of these people to be to have a better product. And maybe that's just me. Can I? But I, you know, and I've said this before, and I'll say this again. When we as fans got screwed, was when they got rid of um, when they got rid of uh, Frank Darabont. That was yeah. the you know if Frank oh, Darabont yeah. is still the head of the show, it'd be a different show and it'd be I think it'd be on that level because he's mm-hmm. that you know people don't realize he is it's, he's like the difference between LeBron and who's an average player you know uh, name your average player. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, me. Right, right, I mean, yeah, you know, like, you know, they were swinging LeBron and me. Yeah, there you like, go. It's like, you know, it's oh like you got guys that, like, I'll give you a good guy. Uh, he used to be on, he used to be on uh, your team, um, Yardley, uh, the Johnson. Uh, Johnson, uh, the, the, the shooting guard that now is on, uh, I think he's on the Nets or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're talking about, yeah. Uh, basketball. I can't think of that cat's name. No, you're talking about um, Joe Johnson. Joe Johnson. Joe Johnson yeah. is a good player. He averages 20-something points. You know, he's good. But then, like, someone like LeBron or Kobe, they're, like, next level. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So <laughs> they elevate a team to a higher level, you know, because they're that good. Whereas Joe Johnson is good. He's a good player. He's solid. He's going to get you 20 points. But he's not that elevating type. <laughs> that's how. That's the difference between yeah. um, Scott Gimple or even um, the guy uh, in the interim. Um, I can't. His name escapes me right now. Uh, you know. Oh. Uh, um, he was pretty good. David uh, Al. Uh, no, no, no. The, uh, dang, I can't believe the it. other showrunner. It the was like, uh, gosh, what was it? man? I. And he was a showrunner during my like my favorites. <laughs> One of my favorite seasons. Uh, I can't remember, but yeah, yeah, I get it though. Yeah, yeah. So I understand Darabon where you're coming is, from. Darabon is like, is like a Kobe, LeBron, Jordan type. You know, he's on next. He's next level good. You know, the, the people who are there, just like you mentioned before, how we were talking about, um, um, oh gosh, like Robert Kirkman, like being a great writer for comic books, but mm-hmm. not a great, um, you know, like a writer. For like TV, Glenn Mazzara. like Frank Darabont's type of person that places people where their strengths are. Right, you know what I mean. He brings people in who have certain strengths and lets people do what they do. And I think that that's what um, what the show's lacking. It's great popcorn entertainment, but I just think when you have so many people who are watching that show, man, you know, I just I, I really want it to be you know super duper. You know, phenomenal. Glenn, but. Glenn Mazzara was his Which, name. Yeah, Glenn uh, Mazzara. And, and, and yeah, you notice uh, the first season of The Walking Dead was very cinematic. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm, it looked sure. like a movie. You know, whereas mm-hmm. if you notice post Darabont, it looks good, but it don't have that cinema. Like it don't have that same feel to it, like the the first season did. You know, it has a well, TV think- feel. Yeah, and I uh, actually I think that has everything to do with the chronology of the outbreak. Quite honestly, because um, y- if you think about it, in the very beginning, things are just so rough. Um, you know, there's more of a "what the fuck is going on" type of um, you know sensibility about things. People are just so jarred. By the time you get to the chronology of The Walking Dead, however, it's like, okay, there is definitely something very wrong with the universe right now. And, you know, it's like, 
it, it, even though we start the walking, we've started the Walking Dead from, you know, just from this very, you know, acute point in time of this one guy's, um, you know, uh, experience. Um, you know, you already have the established feeling, you know, they definitely did everything that they were supposed to, establishing that feeling like he is the lone guy, uh, you know, almost in, in his in his world until he finally is able to group up with people. You know, it felt almost like he was last man on earth standing type of, you know, vibe until he was able to, um, you know, find other living humans. But this this scenario, especially in such a heavily populated area, I'm glad they picked a heavily populated area, um, makes the chaos more visceral, more real. Um, you know, so it's it's got more of a, uh, a frenetic pace as opposed to that smooth cinematic feel uh, that you described. And I noticed that they are still, they are starting to talk with words again now. Mm-hmm. I did notice that in certain scenes, like certain posters in the background and, and certain uh, wall scri- scribblings and scrawlings and stuff. And um, I, I don't know, that's kind of a, a like a treat, um, you know, for me, having having seen the, the, the set design um, on The Walking Dead and having been a fan of that for so long. I, um, I love when they start talking with words. It's, it's kind of interesting uh, what they do with that. Uh, Cindy, you had something? Yeah, about Frank Darabont. I think another thing that added to him being so great, especially with, you know, the time we had him, and Glenn as well, um, was, I don't know if everyone's known this, um, I believe there was a few interviews about it, and then I think it's on the behind the scenes in the season one DVD. But Darabont was so determined to make this show a hit, Mm -hmm. but he was also determined to stay true to the comics because he knew it was near and dear to a lot of people's hearts. And you might even be able to look it up on Google or something. But the great thing about Darabont was there are some pictures of him, and he's got the comic book in his hand, and it's him. Sometimes it's him and Kirkman pointing out a scene, and sometimes it's... Like him and Steven pointing out a scene, and they're saying, you know, okay, how are we going to pull this off? This needs to happen, but, you know, we we still need to make it roll with the story we're going by. But, I mean, I'm, I, I always reread the comics before each new season happens, and I also binge watch all the seasons, and I'm currently reading the comics. And I just read the first season of the show. And that was Darabont's time. And to me, it's the best they've done at following the comics. And Interesting. That's, wow. what, that's what gripped me into it. Because actually the funny thing is the night that that premiered, which was on Halloween oh, night, yeah, I, um, I, was, I was grounded. And I'd been a Walking Dead fan for years. And um. Okay, I'll, I'll admit it. I, I did. I I cried and begged. Can I please take my TV back for one hour and one hour only, and I'll turn it off and give it back to you. And that's wow. Awesome. And thankfully, my father said yes. And so I watched The Walking Dead, and it was just jaw dropping, amazing, because it was so cool 
to see it come to life. Because, I mean, I had, you know, the volumes right by me, and I'm just like, oh, my God, this is, you know, this is all coming to life, but it's also giving us more storyline than what we got. And, and further on in the comics... I see why they changed a lot, though, mm-hmm. in the in-between seasons. Now, had Darabont been there, it might have stayed a bit more true. But I see that the writers probably thought that there's some parts that were a bit dull. And there there is. There's some parts where the comic gets very dull. And then it picks right up right as soon as a villain gets introduced. Mm-hmm. and Or, or a, a big death happens. And then it's epic. But, to get everyone excited for this next season, I'm hoping they stay true to it, um, but I believe it was Scott Gimple. Yeah, Scott Gimple, he said this season will be the number one season at following the comics. That we are going to see so much comic book scenes and quotes unlike any other... Uh, um, season that we've seen and uh, and actually if you watch the trailer, if you've read the comics, watch the trailer really closely because it, there are easter eggs in the trailer interesting and there, yeah, there, and I don't know if everyone's heard, but they announced Jesus, mm-hmm. he's casted it's happened nice, and there is a hint in the trailer for Jesus and people were telling me, oh, you're crazy. You know, Jesus is further on in the comics. And I'm like, no, I'm telling you right there. Here's the Easter egg. Jesus is coming. And they actually just officially announced it. Skybound did. Um, so it's it's looking like maybe they're like, hey, maybe we should uh, start listening to what Frank Darabont did. Because <laughs> it worked. It, it, it really worked. You know, And that's what I hear the most about people complaining about the show is, oh, we've seen like two episodes that are even close to the comics, you know? People want the comics. Well, you know what's so funny? When you you were saying that, has anyone ever seen, um, I think it was Die Hard with a Vengeance? Yes. Uh Yeah. Yeah. When you were saying, it sounded like you were saying that, hey, Zeus, like uh, from the movie. (laughs) 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 But also, but you know, you also have to think, though, that the whole comics angle is still a bubble. The majority of people who watch the show don't read the comic books. That's though. true. I know a lot of people who watch The Walking Dead. More people than not that I know that watch um, watch The Walking Dead, they don't read the comic books. Yeah, it's just well, like Game of Thrones. Most of the people who watch Game of Thrones, they ain't reading them phone books. They, they, just, <laughs> they just watch the show and enjoy it. I mean, because I, I, we're all into The Walking Dead, so we know that there's a rabid, you know, that there is a rabid fan base and lots of people who do it, but most people are casual viewers. Those are what, what carry the shows, you know, what, what carry these shows. So I, I just think the person who, the, the average person who sits down, it's like, you know, Walking Dead's a popcorn show. It's Sunday, you know, I got to go to work tomorrow, you know, so I'm going to watch something, you know, that I can just kick back or whatever and wind my night down. I think that that's probably the average person. Like, you know, I mean, you would think that if, um, and I do give them credit because you definitely do have to give a lot of the people that ha- that have the most excitement. You definitely got to give them something. So I, I'm with you on that. But I, I don't know if I don't know how much it matters. 
outside of for people like us and a lot of diehards that they stick to the comic books. Because I just think people just, you know, I think a lot of people just watch it because, you know, they think it's an interesting show. But, you know, I, I don't know. You know, I think the, the well, I think it's a good, um, good if anything, uh, from a business perspective. I mean, these days, cross-pollination across the different um, areas of geekdom is... You know, from a marketing perspective, which I, I do marketing, so it's a brilliant, um, you know, plan to have that type of cross-pollination um, when it comes to um, garnering fans. Um, you know, a lot of times I find that those friends of mine that will go ahead and, and read the books first, um, even just on a, when it comes to regular um, cinematic productions, you know, you, you hear about a, a movie that's scheduled to come out later in the year and you want to read the book that it was based on first and then it's almost like a testing ground. It feels like when the story is out there in book format, it's almost like the proving ground on the part of the production people, like, okay... I have formed this story in my mind the way I've read it. Let's see if you can kind of snatch it out of my mind as the viewer and adequately portray it how I pictured it when I read it. And, you know, that that type of respect, you know, getting that type of respect from your audience, um, I mean, basically, that's what helps numbers, quite honestly. It's um, it, it's quite. Uh, I I just find it quite ironic how, you know, how fickle an audience can be if you don't follow certain things to the letter when it comes to you know um, things that that originate from graphic novels like that. You mean like, purists? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but a so. lot of people, but a lot of people like that, and I know that Kente and I see it a lot. A lot of people don't understand. There's a lot more stuff that you can get away in a comic book than you can get away with, like, on TV. Like, for instance, in the comic book, there's a character called Ezekiel. He had a lion. I mean, a tiger or something like that, right? Shiva. It's awesome in a comic book. It'll look stupid as hell on TV. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm yeah. just, no, I'm seriously. I mean, it just would. There's certain things that you can pull off. You know what I mean? So I don't, I don't really mind when, when people... You know, sometimes you have to have an understanding that there are certain things that play a certain way. And when you're making a TV show, right. you have to cater, just like you were just saying, you have to kind of cater in a way for the people who don't really care about the comic books as well. But you also have to throw bones to people who've been passionate fans going from the comic books, transitioning from paper over to watching the show and just being strong, you know, in their in their enthusiasm uh, for the show. Because I, you know, I definitely agree that you you have to make something that just transcends just the hardcore people. You know what I mean? So yes, um, you know, I, hey, they've got a formula, you know, and it's working now. But I, I just think that um, I think it's good that they throw bones to the hardcore um, people as well. But I also like when they kind of get away from things that the people who read the books don't know either. To me, it's exciting when everybody's on a level playing field where nobody knows what's going to happen because right. you can't go on a Walking Dead thread without somebody parachuting in 
throwing some information in trying to spoil like they know more than other people that's one of the reasons why on the show they don't do deaths the same way as in the comic books they mm-hmm. might like they did the Herschel thing where they kind of switch characters or whatever yeah, but right. most of the deaths haven't played out the way that they have in the books some people are upset with that most people don't care I think it's awesome when, when it's a surprise you know I, I mean I've I've read the books um, I'm current to the last you know to the last issue of um of reading them but i like not knowing how something's gonna play out you know at least that's just me sure <laughs> yeah now um i'm gonna uh before we say goodbye i'm gonna play the uh the next on and then uh we'll do our last uh what we think is gonna happen so here we go i found the place he spoke of I think he has given us all he can. Mm-hmm. CarMax presents scenes from the season finale of Fear the Walking Dead. It's not safe for us to stay. Don't leave me here. The compound is secure. We're ready to go. I need your help. It's time to go. Where are we going? You're at, man. Ah! For more Fear the Walking Dead, go to amc.com. All right, that was it. Uh, looks like it might be interesting. We're going to find out what's behind those doors, even though we all know uh, what's behind those doors. Um, do we, real quick, uh, do we think that uh, one of the major characters is going to die in this finale? Ooh. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. And if so, who? At this point, who's who the major characters? You're saying Travis, Madison. That's about it, right? Travis, Madison, Mr. Salazar, uh, Nick, Nick, Nick. Uh, Alicia. Alicia and yeah. Chris. I'm going to say no. Salazar. Uh, I mean, I can see him going. Really? I don't see I don't see any of the... Can I say uh, I wanted Nick to die? <laughs> Nick, <laughs> I don't see it. I don't. I mean, I'd say Salazar is probably the only one that I would say if somebody's going to go, it's going to be him. I hope not, because I, I, I like him. I like I, him. Nick, I, I yeah, Nick has too, uh, too much uh, coming down the pike, I think, for him. It would be interesting to see uh, what his character arc ultimately will be. I, I was so glad when his mama beat his ass that one time. <laughs> I was like, yeah. that's, that's the whooping that that kid needed when he was like two. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, now nah, he's not going nowhere. I think, um, I think something might happen to Chris though because he was a little too insistent like please don't leave me here and I'm like oh god what's gonna happen to him I think something might happen to him yeah they're gonna get him off the drugs he don't want that <laughs> no 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 not Nick Chris, um, Chris the, uh, oh Chris the sorry Spanish son yes yeah, I sorry. think something might happen to him now, there's one thing too before we go I gotta say that I was upset about is in this episode we didn't get anything with the light, the flashing light at a distance. Oh right. And and I'm like, if that was just in that one episode and we don't find out what was going on there, I'm I'm gonna be uh, a little well, upset about no, that. No, wait a minute. Didn't they? Didn't uh, Travis go up on the roof and he was sitting there and mm-hmm. or was that what that was? That was at the end of last episode. Last episode, and you saw gunfire uh, over in that area. 
Yeah, but they, I mean, like, but what was that about? I think that's what. <laughs> yeah, yeah because like, right, her right, girlfriend right. went up on the roof and she actually answered back. She was like flicking her light back and forth, and she realized that that's an actual person trying to answer her back. So. I wonder if that person and the commander of the the military team, maybe, maybe they all find each other. That would be interesting, I think. I think that would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I I hope that's not one of those things where it was just for that one episode. And it's like... It was. Oh, it's man. gone, Kente. It's gone. They're not going to go back to that. But I have to say this. Of all the episodes that have been on, because I haven't rewatched any of them, this will probably be an episode that I'll, I'll probably uh, go back and rewatch, though. Because I think that this yeah. one was probably the best, probably the best one so far. So... I'll check this one out, but I don't know, man, Kente. I don't think that any... Like I said, I think it's just going to be... It'll probably be Daniel or Bust. Or maybe... Yeah, I think it'll 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 have to be him. I, I don't see them killing off any of the kids or none of that stuff. Not not in no, sense. No, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think he's... I don't think anybody's going to get killed off in, you know, in, in the finale. In other words, they'll, they'll keep everybody... Keep, keep everybody alive and... and you know, maybe in the first couple of episodes uh, of the next season, you know, one of the main, say maybe one of the main ones will bite the dust. But I don't, I don't think they'll do it in this. You know, in the finale, I don't think any of the main characters are going to get. <laughs> yeah, in that respect, please don't make it like Game of Thrones, please. <laughs> yeah, oh, we're not going to get rid of Alicia because they want to keep the the teen thing there. So I think right. the teen kids, I think that the kids are probably going to be they're safe, safe for a while. If they've got some balls, though, Travis, they probably beheaded. kill off Madison or or Travis. Travis gets beheaded, <laughs> or hell, oh, they got balls. They'll kill off Travis and Madison. Like, and then just, you know, saying the kids will have to take the wheel. But I don't think that those <laughs> actors, I don't think that those two actors could carry a show. So I don't think that they could go that route either. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, please don't make it like Game of Thrones. Don't do that. <laughs> but that's that's exactly what they did. Like, please make it like Game of Thrones. Game of then they'll be oh, winning oh. Emmys. Uh-uh. Oh, God. Ooh. Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, that was what's great about Game of Thrones. When you see Ned Stark get beheaded, you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, that I mean, they had my attention. I must say, because I'm thinking, I'm thinking all the way. Yeah, up I'm not a throne watcher. All, well, I don't know what to say about you. I'm but, sorry. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, but when when because um, I'm thinking that at any moment he's about to get saved, and when he's beheaded, you're like, oh shit, he's the yeah. star of the show. What the hell, you know? So yeah, it, it makes you think that anybody can get it. So that's one thing I like about. It. About <laughs> and that's what was dope about it because they marketed the show around Sean Bean too. Mm-hmm. So, they sure did. So <laughs> when he gets it, you're like, "Wait a minute! I thought he was the star of this, mo-, you know?" Right. <laughs> so uh, you know, but anyway, so that's another show. Uh, all right. So uh, I want to uh, thank everybody on the panel for uh, coming on, and uh, and uh, I'm gonna start off with you, Grayson. Uh, how can people get you in social media? Well, you can get me on Facebook, on our uh, website, uh, on Indie Showcase, on uh, for Movie Time, as well as also on Twitter, uh, and it's uh, at Movie Time Indie, correct? Yep. And, see, I'm learning our Twitter uh, one. 
if I can only learn to tweet, then that'll be great. You... And also on LinkedIn, Bizipedia. Mm-hmm. Please make sure to follow us also on Twitter, by the way, everyone, as well as also the website, pastlivesproductionsinc.net. And, of course, uh, through about 50 different channels that, like I say, eh, all the time, if you can't find me on there, you're just not stalking me hard enough. <laughs> all right. Now, Cher, uh, how can people get you in social media? Yes. Uh, on Facebook, uh, you can reach me, facebook.com slash actresscher. You can find me on Twitter. Uh, my handle on Twitter is Cher Davis. And my website, um, as I do graphic and web design, as I had stated, I will be launching uh, my official website for Brand You Love, which is the company name um, that I have. Brandyoulove.com should go live in about a month. So stay tuned for that. I'll definitely be posting on social media about that. Okay. Does it suck that you can't go by just your first name? Uh, <laughs> well, I do. I, I, I usually counsel my, my uh, design clients against copyright infringement. And, yeah, the singer share has that all covered. So <laughs> I'm trying to avoid any conflicts there. Okay. So that's Cher Davis. Yes. My fa- I like that's my favorite share of the two. Yay. So, <laughs> all right. So, uh, Tori, uh, how can people get you in social media? You guys can find me in my group every day, The Infectious Walking Dead. That's facebook.com slash The Infectious Walking Dead. Uh, we have games and trivia and all sorts of giveaways and spoilers and all sorts of fun stuff. So join that. And our group has a Twitter at infected dead. And then you can find me on Twitter at rush Tory. That's T O R Y. And, uh, our show Olaf and I show the infectious geek has their own Twitter at geek underscore infectious. Right, and oh, and don't forget to tune in on Wednesday for the Infectious Geek. All right. Olaf. Well, you can follow me on both Facebook and Twitter. And as I tell everybody, don't follow too close because I get nervous and I have an itchy trigger finger. Oh, my. <laughs> 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 All right. And uh, Yardley. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at militant underscore marker. All right. And uh, you can follow me at Kente F. And you can follow the show at Talking Fear TWD. Uh, and please make sure you give us a follow and um, like us too on Facebook, uh, Talking Fear of the Walking Dead. And we'll be back for the season finale of uh, Fear of the Walking Dead. So uh, exciting stuff. Uh, Cindy had to leave, but in her honor, I, I found this for her. Love that, dude. Hilarious. Love that, brother. Yes. Instead of saying, hey, Jesus, he said, hey, Jesus. Yeah. 
he was she he kept totally saying rocks. hey she kept saying hey Zeus and I was like it made me think of that clip from that movie. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So uh we will see you next time. Oh remember tomorrow, uh Mars Venus, six PM Pacific, nine Eastern. Uh check us out. Peace. <laughs>